Hello and welcome to the Ecom Life podcast brought to you by 5874 Commerce, taking you on a deep dive into the crazy world of e-commerce. My name is Rupert Cross, I'm the Chief Digital Officer here at 5874. We're a global e-commerce agency headquartered in Birmingham with offices in, in London and Austin, Texas. We specialise in building beautiful, functional and scalable e-commerce websites, bespoke integrations and digital transformation projects. Today we're going to be, talk, be talking to you about how to drive change in your business, what, what that means and some of the things to consider, some not, and hopefully sharing some of the experience of our great panel. I'm pleased to introduce our guest for this week, Matt Aitken from Travis Perkins, the UK's largest builders merchants, David Meakin from Big Commerce, one of the world's leading e-commerce platforms for all stages of growth. Gents, welcome. Thanks for taking the time to come on the podcast. The idea is that we have a chat around a topic, keep things lighthearted and share some of your insights and experiences. Why don't we start things off by uh, by telling us a little bit more about yourselves. Matt, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, hi, hi guys. Um, so I'm Matt Aiken. I'm the digital transformation manager at uh, Travis Perkins. Um, so like Rupert said, Travis Perkins are a, a builders merchant in the UK. Um, we sell uh, timber and building materials to generally trade customers throughout the UK. Um, my role as digital transformation manager uh, involves a number of things, um, but primarily um, looking to make our digital, digital channels uh, faster uh, and easier for our customers and colleagues to use. Cool, thanks, Matt. And David, why don't, why don't you tell us a bit more about you? Hi, I'm David Meakin. I'm one of the solution analysts at Big Commerce. Um, Big Commerce is aiming to be the number one platform for all stages of merchant growth. Um, so, whether you're just starting up a small business or you're an enterprise selling internationally, um, Big Commerce is flexible enough for you to um, grow to that level. Um, and as the solution architect team, help understand business requirements, um, dig into the more weird and wonderful techie pieces and design best practice solutions for how you can achieve those. Cool, wicked. Thanks, thanks both. So, I mean, I guess, Matt, we'll, we'll start with you on that one. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty hefty job title and I guess I'm thinking about TP and, 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 and what you guys do. I mean, I've, I've got visions of lorries going down roads and uh, it generally not being something that is traditionally digital. I mean, how the hell do you start putting that together? Um, well, absolutely, and, and it, it might surprise you that this is a new role within Travis Perkins, and I joined in April this year. So digital transformation hasn't always been on the agenda uh, for TP. Um, like, like you say, we're quite an antiquated business, we're quite a traditional business, um, where relationship is king. Um, and it's all about that interaction between our customers and our branches um, and our colleagues in branch to, to work together and negotiate on prices, find the products they need, um, and generally, that's been done offline. So, okay. so it's my job as, as digital transformation manager uh, to try and change those relationships or, or move those relationships to a to a, a channel that's uh, easier and, and faster. Yeah, in, interesting. And I suppose ultimately thinking towards a truly omni-channel approach um, and and how you, how you're tying that together. So, I mean, D- Dave, just switching tack slightly and just and just sort of throwing this one over to you. So, I mean. Obviously, I know about some of your background and you've come from a project management piece and stuff like that. Um, how, how are you guys seeing things at the moment and, and where things are changing and what's going on at big commerce? And obviously, there's the dreaded COVID word, which I was, I was almost trying to avoid on this podcast, but it kind of feels like a bit of the inevitable. We're busier than we've ever been. We've got two types of merchants. Merchants who need to launch now because it's now their only and most important channel to sell in. Um, they're focusing more on Omni, thinking more about click and collect, 
um, especially as we come out of um, lockdown. Um, we've got other merchants who have been super busy and are in warehouses, packing, where they'd usually be in the office because some of their staff have been furloughed. So um, super busy time for us. And while we're in this time, we're still trying to develop the platform, the core platform, as much as humanly possible. So it's a fun time. Yeah, absolutely. I bet it's keep, keep it keeping you either getting you into trouble or keeping you out of it. One of the, one of the two, isn't it? So I, mean, I suppose, Matt, just go back to you for a second. So I suppose, so taking that, I, I would imagine all of that's hit you, right? So what, what's so? I mean, there was there was a period where your branches were shut, um, yeah. and you know, ultimately, you're not taking any money unless what was taken online. But were you trading online at that point? And yeah, you know, I suppose what, what's what's the bit? Has the business started to react to that? Yeah, so um, we took the uh, decision to close our branches um, uh, pretty much as Boris suggested that everything should be being be closed. And, and at that point, we, we shut down the website as well and stopped taking any orders. Um, we, we phased um, our branches open again um, over about a month period. Um, so we were just providing a sort of essential services to, uh, to public sectors and things that were, were essential. Uh, but during that month period, um, pretty much the whole of April, uh, our website was was shut for any orders. Wow, interesting. And and I guess in in terms of so I mean I guess with, with you guys mainly being heavy side, how did were were lorries still going out and delivering? Were people coming out going, coming in? And obviously, they, could they go into the branches? Were they? I mean, how did click and collect work and, and all that? I mean, I, I said to, to mention one of your competitors, which I know is uh, is, is sacrosanct in your in your eyes. But you know, I remember going to pick some stuff up from B and Q and having a trolley pushed at me out of the door. How did you guys handle handle that side of things? Similarly, we, we pretty much shut our gates on all of our all of our, our branches, and it was um, only pre-arranged deliveries and collections that could be done. So when we started to open up our branches again for that collect trade, we we, um, we, we opened up the website in parallel. So we, we initially just opened for our uh, trade account customers hmm. uh, and would only allow delivered transactions. And then we, we kept on increasing and increasing the, the functionality of the website um, over a, about a four week period to get to where we are now. Cool. Um, but the demand in this sector has gone through the roof. I think. We know that people are on, on furlough. The weather has been brilliant throughout April and May, and we've seen demand shoot through the roof for building products. I was going to say it's one of the ironies, isn't it? I mean, I know both you and I are big cricket fans, and the um, the, the the weather that was glorious when we weren't allowed to play cricket, and then it started started raining, didn't it? So, I mean, I guess I mean to to flick both of you back into I suppose project manager transformation role here. There's there's a couple of I'll, I'll say acronyms. Um, and I think it, they, they mean things to people in the industry. I guess I'm just kind of, kind of keen to hear how you guys find it managing uh, expectations within both of your businesses, uh, particularly in TP. But uh, David, also how some of your clients are working and some of the projects that you guys are working with. There's, yeah, people talk about waterfall projects. People talk about agile projects. I mean, I, I guess, you know, Matt, why don't you kick us off? Because, I mean, you started mentioning, you know, you've been releasing stuff quickly. How did you manage that? Um, yeah, how did, how, did, how did, I mean, I suppose more importantly, you're working this, you're delivering it, and your CEO is standing there going, Matt, when can I have it? And how are you managing that process? Yeah, yeah. So it's been really interesting. I arrived at TP to take this role in, in April. And I've been with TP for a number of years, but this was a new role for me. Um, so the business took the um, opportunity whilst our, our branches were closed to accelerate a number of initiatives within the business. Um, one of those being digital, another one being uh, price investment. Um, but it, we're essentially set an, an eight-week task um, to accelerate some of the digital initiatives that um, had often been overlooked because of day-to-day -day trading in the past and, and the noise of day-to-day -day trading. 
Um, so we set up a number of product teams working directly into um, um, some developers that we've got both uh, centrally within TP uh, and outsourced, uh, particularly looking at how we uh, tradeify the website to make it um, really trade friendly and get trade customers using it. Um, how can we optimize our, our, our branch operations? At the moment, as I said, we're, we're quite antiquated. Um, we, we don't have digital operations in branch. Delivery scheduling is done on a whiteboard in branch. Um, if you want to order something from the, from the yard, you get written on a, on a blue ticket and told to go into the Crikey. into the pay. So um, we set up a team to look at that colleague interface and how we can digitize those branch functions. Um, and then we've also set up a number of uh, other teams looking at a kind of digital innovation within some of our, our sectors. So we've got a tool hire operation, um, which is again often overlooked um, because it's a smaller part of the business um, and, and the resources traditionally been spent on on the TP business itself. Uh, and managed services are our business that caters for uh, national contracts and, and public sector work. So over the, over the last eight weeks, we set ourselves a plan. We, we've built these end-to-end -end teams, um, and we've. Uh, delivered a, a an initial eight-week um, piece that, that's really moved the business quickly. And although we've not been able to deliver as much as we maybe would have wanted, we've, we've proved to the business that this way of working works. Um, so we've been able to fail fast, pivot quickly, and really work on the stuff that we want to in this ever-changing time we've got at the moment. Yeah, in interesting. And how was, how was that received by management? Because that sounds like you're moving them to an agile methodology rather than saying, we're going to build this and we'll come back to you when we finished, which would yeah. be a waterfall approach. So have, have the business reacted well to agile? So I would, I would say, um, you mentioned that um, I've recently become a father, um, and I think a similar behavior that I take with uh, with Harry, my little boy, to um, to our stakeholders in the business, so our board, our CEO, our MDs, is about patience and perseverance. <laughs> it's, um, they're, they're traditional, the, the board uh, are, are generally people that have come up through the operations network within branches, they're used to our sort of analog systems and processes, um, and the proof is in the pudding with us. So yep. if we're delivering what we say we do and we're delivering quickly, that's all they need to see. And then how we do it um, is maybe not in question. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's uh, it's 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 run, run runs in the book effectively, isn't it? As you uh, as it, to use a cricket yeah. analogy. So I mean, Dave, you must see all sorts going on through through some of the stuff you're you're, you're working with: fast projects, slow projects. Agile waterfall. I mean, any, any any insights you can you can you can share, good good and bad. I guess is the is is the thing. Any kind of obvious trip points if there was someone that was about to embark on a on a project and how they should approach it. I think at the beginning of the project, big commerce are heavily involved in uh, all of our enterprise replatforms, and that's because it's a different type of technology. So we want to make sure they're building something that will last. They're not just reinventing. Um, a wheel that um, has already been uh, sticky blasted on an old piece of tech so that merchants are able to streamline business processes um, to be the most efficient as possible. Um, it's a super competitive retail environment and we've noticed this more um, as we go through COVID-19. So merchants are looking for new revenue streams and they need to be able to, like um, you said, fail fast and deliver change really quickly. So. Um, it's not so much whether it's an agile or waterfall thing, mm. but it's more about knowing what you want and being able to adapt quickly and um, 
that's what we're looking at really yeah so that's interesting so I suppose to, to kind of pull that back to what both of you said there really it's, 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 it's actually before you even pick something up I mean it, it's measure twice cut once have a plan around where you're going yeah. Be flexible. Work out the when you when you've drilled a hole in a wall. I mean, I live in an old Victorian house. Invariably, you, you hit something in the lath and plaster, and you have to replaster it and come back a month later to hang that picture and stuff like that. It's taken that kind of pragmatic approach to it, and uh, and where you can go from there. So, I mean, Dave, on the on the last podcast, we were talking to talking to Mark Howes, and he was mentioning about some of the speed that you guys were standing sites sites up for. I mean, how, how was that going? I mean, he was talking 24, 48 hours. I mean, that, that sounds pretty crazy. How, 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 how we, I mean, he, he mentioned one particular one, um, that you were able to launch, uh, launch a large site in five days from a phone call to it actually, actually being live and trading several hundred thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the beginning of the lockdown, we launched a campaign um, called Get Online in 24 Hours. You can launch a store using the themes from the marketplace and all of the plugins that you don't have to worry about any development on in 24 hours. That's really great for loads of small businesses. And it means if they would need to expand, all of the functionalities that you get out of big commerce can be leveraged later on. So actually on all of our builds, we're trying to push the MVP approach hmm. and give loads of advice on how they can uh, optimize that after launch. For bigger merchants, that means replicating most, if not all, usually all of the functionality that you've really got so that you can continue with what you have and not lose any functionality. Um, but then going forward, really start to innovate. Yeah, interesting. So Matt, I mean, Dave mentioned MVP there. I mean, it, it sounds like you guys are, are there or thereabouts with MVP on your particular, your particular piece with what, you, with what you're doing. Is that a fair assumption? Yeah, absolutely. So we set out with a kind of an eight-week MVP to prove the process to our, to our senior stakeholders throughout the, the five or six products that we set up. Uh, and yeah, we've, we've absolutely delivered it. It's been challenging because particularly within uh, with our branch processes and, and developing digital tools, our branches have had to adapt over the last sort of um, two to three months to, to new processes and, mm. and new ways of working. So we, we really had to pivot quite regularly. And it's the feedback we're getting from those branches has been key in being able to develop not only MVP, but then the, the roadmap for future development within those streams. Yeah, it's 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 key, that isn't it? I mean, I suppose it, it ties us together nicely because the three of us have just, uh, I say, just completed. We've just done MVP of a of a particular project that we've been working on, the Travis Perkins clearance store, um, yeah. and that's a, that, that's that's a, that's an interesting project because we've taken we've taken the ability to stand up big commerce very quickly, but also the scalability of their SaaS platform and what they've what they've got there, and and pulled them together, and ultimately, hopefully, assuming the proof of concept goes well, and the board gives us the Go ahead. We'll roll that over, out across the entire branch network. Whilst with uh, with BC's uh, uh, open SaaS uh, architecture, we can tie that into your back existing back end architecture. So, I mean, obviously, I mean, I get, I know why the the reasons behind it. But talk to talk to us talk to uh, talk to us a little about you know, technology selection, where that stands, and kind of the, the choices where TP are going to, and what you guys are looking to do now. Also, bear in mind, you've got masses of legacy technology you just can't replace overnight. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm probably not the best person to speak to about our Travis Perkins technology. It, uh, I'm, I sit in lots of meetings, and a lot of words go yeah. way over my head. It, it's really complex. We've got a lot of legacy systems. We've, in the past, um, taken... Uh, decisions for speed over um, over doing things the right way, uh, and it's meant that we've got a lot of bolt-on systems um, that don't necessarily work as, as as well as we would like. 
Um, we've also, as a business, acquired quite a lot of other businesses over the years and had to integrate with other systems. Yeah. Um, it means that it is challenging to do some quite simple tasks um, within within the business, which I guess is, is no different to a lot of large companies out there. Um, but again, we've taken this opportunity over the, over the last few months to to really have a look at that. Uh, and within the product teams that we're we're working with now, um, we're trying to. Uh, I guess clear a bit of that technical debt whilst mm. trying to move forward, which is it was always always a difficult balance. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, Dave, I guess thinking to that, I mean, bringing on new technology is 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 always a pain. Um, how do how do you guys at Big Commerce? On board. I mean, it's the agency's the easy bit, right? Because they should know what they're doing and whoever their SI is, and they're bringing that on. But how how do the how do the people adapt to big commerce and that new way of working? Because I mean, SaaS is a very different approach to dealing with something that's traditionally uh, traditionally on premise that they can custom the hell out of. We're taking the approach of opening up all of our APIs first, so that although you can't edit the core code, you can build serverless apps, um, extensions on BigCommerce to do all of the same and go further than you would in Magento or uh, an on-prem solution. So that's the approach we're taking. We're also partnering with the best of breed technology partners to be able to do this for us. We don't want our merchants to be tied into any personalization engine or payment gateway. We want to be able to plug and play so that if the rates get too high in a payment gateway or if the personalization engine's not delivering the conversion rate you need, you can unplug them and plug somebody else in without development effort. So um, it's back to that flexibility argument. That's, that's what we're really going for. Yeah, I guess, Matt, that, 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 that's probably a key play to, to your world then, isn't it? Because I know you, know, you guys are forever getting requests, can we just? <laughs> and it, start, it starts with, can we just? And I guess if you've got that flexibility and some, some configurations in there, then you've got some choice there, haven't you? You're able to come back with, I've got one, two, and three, but if you want five, six, and seven, then you're, that's going to be four or five weeks development rather than just go, no, it's development time, and we can kind of, kind of, kind of go from there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the uh, one of the costs of being more high profile in the business um, because of the work we've been doing means that there's a light shined on our department mm. and, and all the things we can and maybe can't do at the moment. Um, so yeah, it, the, managing the backlog, managing priorities it, is crucial um, for our guys to to deliver quickly uh, and then managing um, uh, stakeholder expectations on what can and can't be done. Um, it, as I mentioned, a lot of the guys we're dealing with aren't techie. They, mm. they don't have experience in digital. So being able to change something that they see is quite simple online. Um, maybe it might not be. Um, and we, we have to try and explain in a, in a kind of understandable way why not. Yes, it sounds. It sounds. I mean, it's something they talk about in business books and careers books, isn't it? It's called managing upwards and and how you do that. So it sounds like both of you have to do a certain aspect of that within your roles: managing expectations, managing upwards, passing advice. Whether they choose to listen to it is, of course, a, is of course a different matter, and you can kind of go from there. So, I mean, I suppose flipping flipping tack slightly to the and this is the one that always gets uh, always gets slightly uh, slightly tough is, yeah. Where have you seen this go wrong? Um, and I don't. It's not fair to name examples or anything like that. But is it is it down to poor planning? Is it poor technology choice? Is it is it people? Matt, why don't we start with you? Um, so where has something gone wrong? Things always things always go wrong. I think it's how how you um, how you kind of adapt to them and make them go right. Uh, if I look back at the last um, eight to twelve weeks, um, we've moved really quickly. We, we've failed fast. Yeah. Um, and only recently we, we've, we found a bug on the, on the, on the site that 
uh, was kicking people out at checkout that we didn't pick up because we were moving fast. Um, we, we've changed the way um, uh, both our, our central IT team and our business team are working. Hmm. Um, and there was just a lack of communication there that, and, a, and a ball was dropped. Um, we picked it up through our testing and sorted it. Um, but particularly when we're working from home, we're not in the office, we're not having those um, sort of water cooler conversations, stuff will, will fall over. Yeah. Um, and we just need to make sure you've got a robust testing in there and good relationship with the guys it's, who it's, you know, able to fix it. And a support team around it and how you go and focus on the positives, I guess, is the, is the bigger part of that. So, I mean, I guess, Dave, how, how does, have, have you seen have you seen similar things in some of the projects you've been working on and how you do it? I mean, I know we've we've had a couple of ones with uh, so we've, you know, the back launch today and I know they had some concerns around their, some of their email translations and how we dealt with that. I mean, I know one of the examples we had there was actually taking it off-site and they wanted, they wanted to do a particular thing, which was great, and actually they could do it in, their, in some software they already had, couldn't they? I mean, I guess, have you seen any other ones that, that, have, been, that have been going through? Yeah, I think it's rarely the tech. It's usually to do with the people involved and the understanding of the requirements mm. right from the beginning. So um, that's why big commerce want to be really hand on, hands-on in the project so that we have that sort of three-way relationship between our agencies, the merchants, um, and us, really. So um, it's about understanding the requirements early on and trying to identify any risks that could come up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you've segued me beautifully there into into into, into talking about five eight seven four's discovery process because I know we we don't take a project on without doing discovery, so we, we just simply won't is the reality. And I think it sends it sends a sends a couple of things down to the down to the to the. Uh, so the merchant, the client, one you're you're, you're putting de- you're putting a requirement, an onus an onus on them to take the process seriously. And I know Matt, you you would have done this as part of as part of your bit internally because you guys have effectively been working as an agency within TP, haven't you? And actually delivering it for for TP and that that discovery process and producing those user stories requirements they really matter because without that you're you're trying to get drive to Cornwall but with no directions and with your eyes shut, so you could be going to Scotland instead, couldn't you? And it, it's just it's an absolute just no no. I think is the is the is the biggest thing off that. And at least then you've then got you've got some KPIs at the end of it. So they're not KPIs. They what are, what are we calling them? They're OKRs, aren't they now, Matt? OKRs. It's a new thing. Objective and key results. Yeah, that's the uh, that's that's that, that's the reality. So uh, so yeah, that's, that's that's a free one, Dave. You can take that back to Big Commerce tomorrow. <laughs> we can we could go for that. But I think the key the key part out of that is that actually we've got these user stories, we've got these requirements, and we know where we're going to out of the uh, out of the back of it. So, I mean, guys. I think probably my last question for you is is really around the technology space and where you see it in the next. I've, I've put down here two to five years. I mean, five years is an awfully long time in 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 tech. So why don't why don't we keep it simple and just say two years and just kind of go where do you see it going? I mean, Matt, it could be directly for TP. It could be just life in general. But and and I think Dave probably big commerce and probably life in general. So um, Dave, why don't you kick us off on that one? I think it's really interesting. I think um, recently a lot of sites can be just pumped out like a sausage machine and that's where Shopify and people like that do really, really well. But um, in the next two years, personalization and differentiated store experiences are going to be really important. Um, Lots of our technology partners do this so well. Um, And so I think personalization is a massive thing. People are expecting a higher standard of shopping online um, than ever before. 
But I think the second thing is logistics. People want things delivered now, and that's why Amazon do so well. And they want an easy way to return it. If you've got a physical presence in the high street, you should be able to return it there too. Um, so I think those two areas are going to come extremely important. Yeah, I, I agree. There's some, some massive, massive points there. As, as such. So I guess, Matt, what are your kind of passing thoughts on those ones? Yeah, I'd echo those thoughts. The bit for me is around fulfilment and logistics. I think um, particularly within our uh, industry where essentially we are a fulfilment company for building materials. Um, it's heavy stuff, it's large stuff. Mm. Um, there seems to be a, a raft of companies out there who can shift small stuff quite easily and quite quickly, um, but no one's quite doing it in our space yet. So the big bricks, blocks, big lengths of timber. Um, we need to understand uh, how best we can optimize our fleet to um, to maximize that. Uh, and then and then the other piece was, was mobile. I know mobile is not a new trend, um, but it's growing, and we've mm. seen that over the last um, sort of six to, to twelve months uh, through TP. Um, and not just the use of mobile for visiting, um, but in terms of transacting, that people are attending to link to desktop still to transact via our our site. But that will change, and whether that be through through apps or, or through mobile sites, um, the continued growth of mobile seems to be on on the cards. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's going to be an interesting one, that, isn't it? Is the, is the builder going to be on the building site using his smartphone on, on your mobile website and, uh, and placing an order and sending the labour up to go and pick it up? Probably, I think, is the reality to that. And certainly as the, as the, uh, as the next generation of builders come through, they're going to expect that and they're, they're going to expect things like voice search and all the, all the rest of it. And, and I think it's a, it's, a, it's a huge point. It does. Cool. Well, look, guys, fab, thank you. We're, we're just about up on time there. For, for today, I mean, I think probably the key takeaway out of that is is planning um, that that I've heard there, and and also not to be too self-deprecating in terms of this because we can all want to work agile, we can want to work waterfally, but ultimately it's about managing the stakeholders in the project, being pragmatic about it, and having a plan. And if someone has all of that. Then I think they've probably they've probably got a good foundation for where they're for where they're where they're looking to go to. So um, I guess with 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 that in mind, um, thank you for joining us today. Hopefully, the guys have provided some useful insights that you guys can take back to your businesses. Depending on the media, we've tagged the guys and their businesses in the comment section. Um, if you're watching on YouTube or Spotify, don't forget to subscribe. If you can't be good, be healthy, stay safe, and we'll see you next time.